Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Nia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 22, Deja Vu All Over Again. It originally aired on May 26, 1999, and had 5.69 million viewers. All right, so we open at this apartment building, and it's nighttime. We find out that Rodriguez lives there. He's sitting at a desk looking at these, like, surveillance black and white pictures of the sisters. There are candles lit all around him, and as he goes through each of the photos, he's, like, putting them face down on a glass desk. Then, all of a sudden, like, the fireplace starts going kind of crazy, and we see this robed demon appear. We find out that this demon is called Tempest. Tempest tells him he was not worthy of seeing him before now, which, like, hilarious. (laughs) And he goes, I have been sent to you, Rodriguez, as a gift. And, you know, Rodriguez is kind of like, well, by who? And he says, I think you know who and why. So I'm wondering, are we starting to develop season two's big bad here? Are we going to have a season-long villain? That's, That's the question I'm asking. Too. Yeah. So, you know, Rodriguez is being all cocky. He's like, I can defeat the Charmed Ones on my own. I don't need any help. And then, you know, Tempest is like, well, what makes you think you found them? Rodriguez says with so many demons disappearing in San Francisco over the last year, he figured they were there and that a cop was covering for them. And he turned out to be right. It was Andy. And that's how he found them. And then he's kind of like, you know that, don't you? That's what makes me so worthy now. And, you know, Tempest does not fuck with this. Tempest is like, (laughs) watch your tongue, Rodriguez, lest I split it for you. It's one thing to have found the Charmed Ones, it's quite another to defeat them, as those who have gone before you have already discovered. And, like, Tempest is kind of hot, question mark? (laughs) I think so. I'm weak. (laughs) And then (laughs) he tells him to get all three witches in one place by midnight on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. And if he fails, he'll help him learn from his failures. And Rodriguez says that he's going to use Andy to make sure they all get together. And that's how that scene ends. So now we know it's the big scene with Rodriguez. And whoever this Tempest guy is that's before him, obviously we'll find out his role in all this. So I'm getting the vibe that Rodriguez is just like some like lower on this hierarchy of demons that we kind of see, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And Tempest must be somewhere in the middle because obviously there's someone above him. And I love that we have yet to hear at all in season one about anything like this, you know, like where these demons are being sent from or who's the most powerful or whatever, you know, like we don't know if there's any real order to this or like some sort of king demon or something. And I just... This is giving me the vibe that we're going to get into those things and have more long-lasting plots, more than yeah. one-episode things, you know? 
Yeah, I feel like up until this point, a lot of what we've seen, like we've seen kind of individual witches and things, but then as the season one went on, we started to get this idea that there was like these white lighters and there's something more going on beyond behind the scenes, sort of like someone raider, some higher power, right, is going on on the good side. So it's interesting to see that there must be some similar world on the demon side, though it seems like on the demon side, they're much more aware of those who are higher up than them than it seems like good witches might be at least from what we know so far yeah that's what i kind of noticed too it seems like the demons have a much better idea of like everything supernatural like all to all around while the witches and the good side they kind of tend to keep like secrets about all that from each other you know like yeah. Leo wasn't even supposed to tell them that he's their guardian angel, you know, things like that. It's just like, I wonder why there's, why it's so different on the good side, why they're so secretive, you know? Yeah. It also makes me wonder if like the bad side is so much more organized, why do they lose so much? I know. I mean, I guess it would have maybe something to do with like the ego, I guess. Yeah, you're right. You know, how people think, or like how it's probably, I can't imagine a lot of demons work, like, even we see here, Rodriguez is not so happy to be working with Tempest, like, he thinks he can handle this all by himself, and it's that cockiness that gets a lot of demons killed. Yeah, I think you're definitely right, and we'll see, you know, Rodriguez just growing and growing in that throughout the episode. Oh yeah, 100%, which I don't even know, because if what happens to him in this episode were happening to me, I would lose all of my confidence. <laughs> He just gets more and more confident. Yeah. But, I don't know, I guess that's just how they work. Yeah. Alright, so, then we move on to the manor, and it's Wednesday morning. Phoebe is in the kitchen, she's watching the weather on TV, and she's on the phone with Piper, who is at Quake already. And then Prue walks in and says good morning, and we see Kit on the counter meowing, and... Phoebe tells Piper that she'll meet her in an hour, and that and I guess we find out that Piper is recording something for this the Food Network and needs Phoebe to bring her a dress because she spilled sauce on hers. And, you know, she tells Prue that Piper said that. And Prue is upset about something that she's reading in the paper and asks Phoebe if she saw it. And then all of a sudden they hear a car crash outside, and Prue was like, where did you park my car last night? And Phoebe's, like, in the driveway, I think. <laughs> um, and they both run to go look out the window and see that it's just the little, or the, just the neighbor's car, just the little fender bender. And then Prue's like, Phoebe, Andy's in trouble. And she shows her the paper, and it says that he's suspected in killing Anderson from IA, which is, as we know, is the partner of Rodriguez that Rodriguez killed. And then Prue says, maybe it's a setup to try and force him to reveal our secret. And Phoebe takes the paper from her and gets a premonition of Andy being killed at the manor by a demon. So he's, well, he's like dead in the premonition. And she tells Prue. And then it's all, you know, dramatic. <laughs> yeah. So what an intense beginning. All right. We got Andy dying and suspected of murder. Yeah. Uh, what the hell's going on? me either and I feel like so much is happening in this scene but because I mean you know spoiler to the end of the episode we're gonna repeat this scene so many times I feel like I just 
I'm used to it. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'm trying to think of like what I thought about it in the initial moment. And I just, it just feels like the natural progression of a day, basically, to me. Yeah, it feels like just one of their typical mornings, you know? Yeah, like, of but course, I... you know, Andy dying is crazy, but. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just another day for the charmed ones. <laughs> basically. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this was, like, kind of just to help for what's going on later in the episode, you know, with kind of help Phoebe realizing certain things. Yeah. So exactly. I think they just threw a bunch of things in there for her to pick up on later. Mm -hmm. So then after this scene, we have the theme song. Then we are back at the manor and it's a little bit later and Prue's like, you know, they're talking about Phoebe's premonition, obviously. And she's like, well, you didn't see a demon or a warlock in your premonition, right? And Phoebe's like, no, but the way he was hurled across the room, there had to have been one. And Prue's kind of like, you know, well, was it this room? Are you sure it was Andy? Like asking all these questions. And Phoebe, of course, is a little bit annoyed about this. But Prue's like, this isn't just anybody we're talking about. And Phoebe says she knows and she cares about him too. And Prue's kind of like, I know you do. I'm sorry. So Prue says that Phoebe should tell Piper and that she'll go warn Andy. Then Phoebe brings up how, you know, in the last episode, Andy kind of said that they weren't supposed to be seen together. And, you know, Prue says, I don't care. Let internal affairs find out we're witches. Andy's life is more important. Phoebe is like, okay, just please be careful. We don't know what kind of demon we're up against here. And that's the end of that scene. I just, I love how much Prue cares, you know? Like, obviously, they always care about their innocence. But when it's personal, it's like, you can see how much more it affects them emotionally, you know? Oh, yeah, it brings me back to, like, their reactions in the episode where it was, like, Prue's life who was in danger and which Prue is it anyway and, like, how all, like, the sisters were freaking out then. It's, like, very similar now because, again, it's someone they know and care about that's in danger. Exactly, which is, like, you can totally see the difference when it's them versus a random innocent. Not that they don't care as much, but you can just see how... I think, and I think part of it comes from the fact that they would feel, like, if something did happen to someone they cared about, that they would feel responsible because, you know, like, we're witches, we brought them into this mess kind of thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. So I'm sure guilt on top of everything, like, makes it so much worse. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, you know, we're getting that idea of just how long they've been a part of each other's lives when, you know, Phoebe's like, well, I care about him too, you know, because... At the end of the day, like, whether or not Prue and Andy are together, we know that they all grew up together. Like, they're all, like, a family, basically. Yeah. I like that they put that in there and showed that Prue isn't the only one that is really concerned about this. Like, obviously, you know, they did all grow up together. He is a big part of, or at least was, a big part of all of their lives, you know? Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't just be, like sad for Prue it would be sad for all of them yeah after this we go to the police station and Andy and Daryl are in a conference room and they're talking Daryl says that he wouldn't be surprised if Rodriguez was the one that killed Anderson and Andy's like IA already cleared him Daryl's like IA clear and IA go figure <laughs> he's like yeah and then Rodriguez asks or walks in and asks Daryl what he's doing there 
and Daryl's like backing my partner Rodriguez, something you wouldn't know anything about. And Rodriguez mm-hmm. tells him to go. And um, I know I love this fiery spirit from Daryl. And Andy's like, it's okay, you can go, Daryl. Like, I got this. And then Andy puts his feet up on the desk, total power move. And <laughs> he's like, just for the record, I'm not saying anything without my lawyer present. And Rodriguez says, you don't need a lawyer, not if you're willing to help me. Andy laughs and asks if he can't frame him himself. And he's like, Andy, I don't think you had anything to do with my partner's murder. But what I do think is completely off the record, and I think you'll understand why. And he shows a picture of Anderson, and we don't see it, but it's obviously pretty gruesome by Andy's reaction. And Rodriguez says, no human could have done that to him. I think he was killed by something supernatural, and I think you can help me figure out who or what it was. And then Andy's like, why would you think that? He's like, come on, I know about all the unsolved cases of yours, and I know who's behind them too, who you've been covering for. You must care about her very much to give up your career for her. Prue Hallowell is a witch. And Andy, I love this part, he goes, a witch, huh? You wait here, I'll go warn the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) And then he starts to get up, and Rodriguez says he doesn't have time to screw around and that he wants a meeting with her. He says that if he helps him, he'll drop the charges against Andy and keep her secret. And then he leaves, and Daryl walks back in. Andy's all intense, and Daryl's like, are you all right? Andy's like, I'm not sure. And he says that he needs to see Prue, and Daryl says that she called and said she needed to see him too. So Andy nods and leaves. So dun dun dun. I love the spirit from Daryl, like, through it all, still defending Andy. Like, I just love that he's there for him and still cares about him, even though the past couple of episodes and even throughout the season, we've seen Andy kind of like, hide things from Daryl or, you know, do things without consulting him first, like a partner should. And Daryl obviously gets frustrated, but at the end of the day, there he is still backing him up. And I just love it. Yeah. And I think we've kind of gotten to the point in the last episode where like Daryl does know that Andy's on the right side of this and that's why he's continuing to support him. I'll bring up what I brought up a few episodes ago when we first met the IA guys, because they kind of bring it up here, you know, when it's like, oh, well, I think that Rodriguez killed his own partner. And it's like, well, IA cleared him. And it's like, they wow, they did an investigation on themselves. No wonder they found themselves not guilty. Exactly. And like, that was like, that's one of the things I was bringing up with the whole like police cover-ups and all of that is just that. I mean, the job of that department is to look into other departments, but at the end of the day, like, there's always that chance. Exactly, something could be going on theirs. There's always the chance that, you know, they have a connection with this other officer and they're going to protect them even when they are doing wrong. And that's why it's just kind of this weird system that I think ultimately doesn't really work. Yeah, I would would agree with that. I'm sure for a lot of it, there's, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's all like that, but I see what you're saying. And even here, like, exactly the same thing where, well, how do you even know that shouldn't there be someone more up top that should do the investigation on IA if IA might be involved? You know what I mean? Yeah. Thing? Like, they shouldn't be doing it on themselves, same way any other department wouldn't be allowed to do that. They'd have IA investigators come and handle it you know yeah exactly 
yeah, in the whole scheme of things, it's just, there's no way it works 100% of the time. Yeah. I also think, like, you know, Andy in this scene, obviously, you know, is lovely to watch. T.W. King's performance throughout this episode is amazing, but, like, his comedic timing here is perfect, and I love it. (laughs) I know. I know, the little cracks he makes and the confidence he has, like, I just admire Andy so much in this whole episode. Yeah. I also like, you know, of course, like you mentioned earlier, Daryl's digs at Rodriguez throughout are interesting. And I like how Rodriguez doesn't really respond to them. Like, I feel like if someone accused me of not backing my partner, I'd be like, what the fuck? But Rodriguez is just like, just get the fuck out. Yeah. Well, because he knows he did. And also he's got a, Daryl's not part of the agenda, you know, he's got a bigger task at hand. (laughs) He could care less about what the fuck Daryl. Daryl's over here thinking that he's like, oh yeah, I got his ass now. And Rodriguez just literally could not care less about about Daryl. True. Daryl is just nothing to him. It's okay though, Daryl. We still love you. We still appreciate it, the effort. Yeah. You're not nothing to us, just to (laughs) Rodriguez. So then we're outside this little like clock shop and we see like a cuckoo clock going off and Tempest is standing outside. He's reading the paper. Rodriguez walks over and as he's walking over, he kind of like grabbed this flower from a stand just stealing casually. Walks over to Tempest and says he made Trudeau suspicious of him and he'll go to Prue and she'll want to meet. And Tempest reminds him that he has to get all three of them together. And, you know, Rodriguez is like, well, Andy will insist that she have the power of three for the meeting. And Tempest says, you think you have the power to defeat them all? Rodriguez is annoyed. He's like, you don't think I do, do you? You think I'll fail? And Tempest says, time will tell. A little foreshadowing (laughs) for what's to come. Also, I noticed, like, I guess it didn't really click in my mind any other time I watched the show, and I don't know why, but, like, that they have Tempest standing outside of a clock shop, and that's, like, what his whole, you know, shtick is about, time. Yeah. So, I I don't know why that was weird to me. I was like, damn, I never even, like, acknowledged that before. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why it never crossed my mind. (laughs) And then all the little, like, time jokes he makes, things like that. I yeah. I mean, even his name literally means time. Like, they weren't yeah. being <laughs> that creative with it. <laughs> yeah, they really wanted to make it clear to us. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. This is this is what they do. So now we are at Quake. Phoebe walks in with the dress and brings it to Piper. Piper's going on about the dress, and then Phoebe tells her, like, cuts her off and kind of tells her about her premonition. Phoebe says that Prue's warning Andy, and they need to figure out who the demon is. And then a woman enters, and she's like, Piper? And recognizes her, but Piper doesn't recognize who the woman is. She's like, it's Joanne Hurts. Like, I'm, we went to Baker High together, class of 92. I'm the segment producer. All this shit. And then Piper's like, oh, I thought you went to New York. And she says that that she did, and that's where she met her husband, who started, and then they started the show. She's kind of, like, talking herself up, kind of, you know, making Piper feel small. Then she asks about Piper, and Piper freezes her, and Phoebe's like, why did you do that? 
she's like, what am I supposed to say that I'm a cash strapped single restaurant manager who still lives in the same house I grew up in with my sisters? Phoebe's like, and the cat, don't forget the cat. <laughs> and Piper's like, Phoebe, this isn't funny. And she's like, look, I don't know why you're getting so upset. She's a freak. I'm sorry, but no one's that successful at age 26. Besides, you are successful. You're talented, creative, and the Food Network is here to see you, not me and not her. They're here for you. And Phoebe's like, unfreeze her so we can shoot the segment and we can find a demon. And then, you know, Piper does. So this scene is really interesting to me. Um, I feel like it's one of those things, because, you know, I'm the same age as Piper. I'm 26. And especially with, like, modern day, like, social media, I feel like I constantly feel like I'm, like, behind other people my age, even though sometimes, like, when I actually think about what I'm doing, because, like, when other people talk about me, right, they'll be like, oh, like, Jess is 26, she did this, 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 and people will be like, oh, wow, but meanwhile, I think of myself, and I'm like, I haven't done all these other things I want to do, so then I feel, like, behind, even though really like like phoebe's saying no one is that successful at age 26 and just like their life is perfect yeah things things take time to accomplish people some people just get lucky (laughs) yeah and like the thing is when you're like super young like 26 seems so old it seems like by 26 you should have your whole life together you're like a grown-up like all this stuff and then you like actually get to be in your 20s and you realize just how like not true that is (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I feel like, like, I've always felt like, especially because, I mean, my mom was always, you know, a single parent who just recently, like, in her late 30s, found, you know, the guy she really wants to be with and the job that she really wants to do and, like, is trying to start her own business, you know, like, it took her all this time to find things like that, you know, like it's never too late to start something new or to accomplish your goals. So you can do that at any point in your life. There's no age restriction on that. Yeah, no, so absolutely. The pressure that society puts for like, or at least the pressure that you feel kind of, even if people don't say anything, it's just like, it's so stressful and it's really unnecessary, you know? because yeah there's always time for those things yeah and I feel like the media today does such a better job at like portraying it and even like seeing it happening in a show like this where they're like well no one is you know that accomplished at 26 and now you know we see tons of shows and movies and books and everything coming out about people who are in their 40s their 50s their late 30s figuring out their lives and that's normal and there's nothing wrong with you know whatever order you live your life in however you figure it out all it's a journey and it's different for everybody and it's we can't compare ourselves to others or like our own like plan because life is never going to go exactly how you plan it exactly it's it's unpredictable it's always been like that always will be like that but I do feel like you know back then even just 20 something years ago like when this was aired people were still in that mindset it was a lot it was still a lot different than it is now you didn't have the support from people like that or you didn't see it so much like on social media or on tv like you do now so the fact that they put that in this show where it's like you know it's it's okay to not have everything figured out at this age is like it's nice you know it's nice to see that (laughs) yeah I really enjoy the message and like again being their age it like stood out to me because there are times where I sit there and I'm like I'm 26 and I see like you know 
my friends or like people I went to high school with like posting that they're like engaged or they're married or like they're having kids or like all this stuff and I'm like why am I not doing these things and it's like that's just that's not where the plan is for me right now yeah it's just not the way the cards were uh dealt for you so it'll happen eventually you know things just happen at different times for everyone exactly so then we're at the park and Prue and Andy are walking together and you know he says has Phoebe ever been wrong about her premonitions before and Prue's like no but the good news is every other time we've been able to affect the outcome stop the demon or warlock before and you know Andy cuts her off and says before I get killed can I get that in writing and you know she tells him to be extra careful until they figure out what's going on and then all of a sudden like it like dawns on Andy that Rodriguez might be the demon and he tells her about the meeting and that he knows that she's a witch and Prue's like okay we'll tell him to meet me at the manor at six o'clock and Andy's kind of like it's too dangerous Prue and she says if it's a trap that she'll have Piper and Phoebe and Andy says well plus one me too and she tells him no that's where he was in the premonition and she's like promise me you'll stay away he says I can't do that Prue and she says I mean it don't make me use my magic on you and they kind of smile at each other it's kind of flirty and then she says I don't want anything to happen to you Andy you know how much I still care for you and he says okay I promise and that's the end of that scene I don't know what it is but every time we have an Andy and Prue scene my heart just melts more and more like they're so good at playing the tension between them you know like they're so good at like yeah we're just friends but obviously we care about each other like more than that it just can't happen for us you know what I mean like they play it so well the the emotion that they still feel for each other that they kind of have to hide but they're both aware of it like I and every time I see it it's just so intense for me yeah it is for me too and it feels just I mean you know you know about my life so it just feels relatable to me that idea of like for whatever reason you can't be with somebody but you're around them and there's just like you feel it every time you're with them and I feel like these two actors are so good at putting that feeling into the scene every single time they're together always they they absolutely kill it and Andy always I love the way he always has like some sort of little like comedic thing to throw in there you know to kind of calm things down or like make them less intense I feel like he does it in like all of these intense situations but it's never like it never feels wrong you know like it never feels like he does it at a bad time like it always feels pretty smooth and kind of helpful you know to the situation like even when they both kind of smiled at each other and everything throughout this whole serious situation they still managed to do that like Andy's just uh everything about him he's he's just so good <laughs> he's just, so charming I think that's is. the thing and he's I think so that's charming. why it was easy to like I mean not super easy it took me a long time but it's easier to forgive him because like he does keep doing these things where it's just like so clear that he cares and so clear that like beneath all of it like he has good intentions and he is a good person yeah he's he's a real genuine person he's caring he's charming 
unfortunately everything that Prue wants but can't have. Yeah. Which sucks, but yeah, no, this scene was really cute to me, the little flirtiness and, you know, her being like, how much I still care for you, like, mm-hmm. it's just too cute. After this, we are outside the manor, and it's around 6 o'clock, I assume, because Rodriguez pulls up and takes off his sunglasses when he's in the car. We see Andy is parked across the street watching from his car, and uh, Rodriguez starts walking up the steps, and Kit is outside, and she hisses at him, and he just kind of, like, looks at her. And then inside the manor, the sisters are walking into the living room or the front walkway area, and they're going over their plan again, and Phoebe's answering the door because she's the one that knows martial arts, so if Rodriguez tries anything right off the bat, she can fight him off, and then Piper will come in to freeze him, and Prue will come down the stairs and send him flying. So then the doorbell rings, and Prue's like, what time is it? Piper's like, it's just before six. And then he rings the doorbell over and over again several times. And Piper's like, well, that's a little too anxious. It's not a good sign. Phoebe says, which means if he doesn't want to kill Prue, he wants to date her. Prue's like, let's get this day over with. So they all go into their spots. And Phoebe goes to open the door and he flashes his badge at her. And she calls Prue and Piper and starts walking inside. And she turns back to him and sees that now his eyes are red. And he throws a lightning, or I mean, a blue, an electric bulb kind of thing. And she, and, or throws it at Phoebe, and she doesn't have a chance to react. So it hits her, and she gets shocked and like flies back into the wall by the stairs and rolls down to the ground. Piper runs in and sees her, and she freezes Rodriguez as he starts to throw a lightning ball at her. And then Prue comes running down the stairs and pushes the ball back into him, and he like, explodes and dies (laughs) rest in peace and then they go to phoebe and are like trying to wake her up and they see that phoebe's dead and then prue tries to wake her up and prue starts i mean piper tries to wake her up and prue starts crying and very upsetting phoebe is now dead yes rest in peace phoebe um it was lovely having you on the show Alyssa. (laughs) you will be missed (laughs) imagine that's just how they end it like (laughs) just the beginning of the episode phoebe's just gone the actual rest of the episode is just um phoebe's funeral imagine i'd be like (laughs) what the fuck is going on what a good wrap-up for season one so rodriguez obviously failed because of his ego like we pretty much predicted Yes. And, you know, the emotions of the sisters, their plan makes sense. Um, And, you know, other than the fact that Phoebe was obviously killed, it shows that their plan did have some good points the way they kind of had things going, though maybe, you know, it would have made more sense for Piper to be the one to answer the door because of her freezing power. Exactly. But, you know, especially considering they didn't know what Rodriguez's powers were or anything plan yeah they didn't have a real idea of what was going on but maybe they kind of expected that it was gonna be more just like a meeting yeah they probably Uh, did 
you know, like they were just kind of setting up as like a just in case he does attack and is the demon kind of thing. Because I guess technically they didn't know for sure. Yeah, they were just assuming. Yeah. All right. So then from there, we go back to Rodriguez's apartment. And Tempest is standing by the window and he's looking at his stopwatch. It becomes midnight, so he flips an hourglass and pours the sand into his hand. And then he like dumps it into this bowl and flames come up and the sky starts changing from night to day. And then Rodriguez appears in the room in a cloud of smoke and he's like yelling because he's still like in the middle of being vanquished. And Tempest is like, hurts to die, doesn't it? Especially at the hands of a witch. He tells him that he reset time back to the moment they first met. Rodriguez is confused at first. He's like, but they killed me. And Tempest says that was Wednesday night. This is Wednesday morning all over again. This is why I've been sent to you to keep resetting time until you learn from your failures. Only you will carry the memory of what has happened before. Each time you'll learn more until eventually, you know, he kills them all. And Tempest smiles, but Rodriguez just looks pissed off. Yeah, should be pissed at himself. You were wrong, jackass. You <laughs> suck, you failed. Yeah. So now we know Tempest's part in all this, although I'm, obviously we could have kind of assumed that, that that's what he did was messed with the time. Mm-hmm. But so he reset the day, right? So I guess let's see what happens this time. Yeah, I'm really interested to see kind of how things will change and what happens in this first reset. Um, And of course, you know, this links us to the title um, with the idea that they're going to be repeating things over and over again, Um, which I think is a really interesting storytelling technique. It's one of my favorite things about this episode, the way they repeat the days. And there are these subtle changes, and we can talk about those as they come up. So now we are at the manor again. It's Wednesday morning for the second time. And Phoebe is sitting in the kitchen watching the same weather as the previous time. Everything's repeating itself. Phoebe starts freaking out and tells Prue she's having a killer deja vu. And she says all of this has happened before. And then they hear the accident that they heard before. And Prue's like, where'd you park my car last night? And she goes to check. Phoebe's trying to tell her again. And then Prue mentions that Andy is in trouble. And Phoebe's like, oh, let me see that paper. And she has the premonition again of Andy dying. And she tells Prue, she's like, I just had the same premonition that I know I've had before of Andy here being killed by a demon. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the intense faces again. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really interesting that Phoebe right away is picking up on the fact that the days are repeating. I'm interested in, you know, the way that they're going to kind of talk about why that's happening later on. So I won't say it since Phoebe will mention it herself later in the episode. But um, I think it's really cool the way they have her having the memories and no one else having them as of yet. Yeah. I mean, as soon as it first happened, I kind of had the same idea as Phoebe as to like why it was her that was getting all of the like deja vu and kind of realizing before anyone else what's going on but yeah we you know she says it so well we'll get to that (laughs) yeah so then after that we're at the police station and again daryl and andy are in the interview room talking and rodriguez comes in hot 
he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And, you know, Daryl, again, is like, I'm backing my partner. You got a problem with that? He's like, get out now. And Daryl's not about to leave. But then Andy's like, it's okay, Daryl. I got it. So he does. But he, like, kind of gives uh, Rodriguez a look. And, you know, Andy repeats his thing from yesterday where he put, puts his feet on the table. And he's like, I'm not talking without a lawyer. And Rodriguez is like, I'm not screwing around this time. Andy's like, this time, what are you talking about? He's like, bottom line, I know my partner was killed by a supernatural being, and I think Prue Hallowell can help me figure out who did it. And Andy's like, really? Well, I'll just get the commissioner to signal Batman, and then I'll get right on it. And he gets up <laughs> with, like, a smirk, and Rodriguez, like, pushes him back down and is like, you think I'm joking? I know everything, Trudeau. Everything, including the fact that Prue Hallowell is a witch. And again, he tells him that he needs to arrange a meeting or he'll bust Andy's ass and expose Prue's. And then Daryl walks in and Andy leaves. Yeah, so Rodriguez wasted absolutely no time this time. He's obviously very pissed off and is just trying to get straight to the point. Yeah, and it, that's like one of those things where, I mean, Tempest will mention it later, but it seems pretty obvious that if you want the same outcome, but, like, to go better, you need to do everything the same up until you get to the point that you need to change. Like, you shouldn't be changing things from earlier in the day. Yeah, because it's not, I mean, however fast he rushes Andy and does whatever he wants to, like, the meeting's still going to be at six. Everything's still going to be the same. And that's actually, like, I mean, we'll see later on that that ends up being his downfall. Yeah, exactly, is that he's in too much of a rush and he's too cocky and he's too angry about what happened. So he's letting those emotions take over when he should be planning logically on how to fix his mistakes as opposed to getting pissed off about what other people did. Exactly. Um, and again, Andy, with his little side comment this time about Batman, like, I just love it. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, and I like how, like, the idea is the same, but his words are different. Like, that's yeah. what's interesting to me there. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, the slight difference is, you know, the words. But, yeah, it's the same general idea as the first time around. Just as good, though. He's just as funny. Yes. Okay, so then we're outside the clock store again. We see Tempest standing there again. And Rodriguez approaches and grabs a flower just you know steals the flower again and this time he like picks it apart and throws it he's all pissed off like we get it and then he tells tempest that the meeting will be set and he says what i need to know is how to avoid the pain of getting vanquished again and tempest is like depends on whether you learned enough to vanquish them first and tempest asks him what he remembers and he realizes that piper is the one that has the power to freeze and Tempest tells him that he needs to anticipate where she's coming from earlier and get her before she has a chance to get him and then kill Prue. And they look at each other with, like, this, like, evilly look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, I don't know why, but my favorite part about all these, and, like, you see it in every TV show. Obviously, you know, they do it on purpose to make things more intense, but, like, whenever a serious moment happens and then they just, like, people are just looking at each other after like earlier when Phoebe says that she had the premonition and then her and Prue are just staring intensely at each other like <laughs> they do that so much in these shows and I just imagine in real life like how awkward it must be 
Yeah, because it's like when the scene ends, what do you do? So they're just staring at each other. There's (laughs) actually this like joke that people make about like all these shows that were on like the WB or the CW that there's this thing called like the CW stare where like at the end of the scene, you just either stare at your scene partner or like directly off the camera. And it's just like your face staring is how the scene always ends. Yeah. I feel like I think I even saw some sort of um, a parody on a SNL or something like <laughs> I just and it always cracks me up like just the awkwardness of that they just like what else are you gonna do and then they'll like leave the camera rolling for a long time to make sure they get it <laughs> so it just must be so so awkward in person to actually happen <laughs> but anyways it's not important to the episode it's just I always think about it and it cracks me up no I do too trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say about that scene. I mean, I like the way they're planning and working together here. It works for me. I'm starting to see a little bit of um, more of a rapport between them than we've seen in their last two scenes together. It seems like Tempest's faith in Rodriguez is growing, and we'll kind of see if that continues throughout the episode or if he ends up pissing Tempest off. Right. I agree. I definitely, yeah, I see some sort of connection forming between them actually starting to work together which is kind of dangerous because you know that might mean that they're actually successful in that case but I guess we'll see what happens and see what goes differently this time around with their new plan yeah so then we're at Quake and Phoebe is telling Piper about the premonition and that she knows she's had it before she's like it's not just the premonition I've seen before it's everything and don't tell me that it's just deja vu because I know that it's not And Piper asks what it is then, just as Joanne starts coming in. And right as Joanne's about to say who she is, Phoebe says her name too. And like, Joanne is super confused because she doesn't know who Phoebe is. And once she hears the name and stuff, Piper knows who she is. And she's like, Phoebe, how did you? She's like, this is what I've been trying to tell you. I think we're in some funky time loop here. And Phoebe's like, freeze her. So Piper freezes her. And Phoebe tells her all about what Joanne is about to say and, you know, says that she had a really bad nose job on top of, like, all the other things. So Piper unfreezes her and asks Joanne what's going on. And Joanne's like, well, I don't mean to brag, but... And then she's, like, flashing, like, her big-ass ring and, like, smiling. So Piper freezes her again. And Phoebe's like, the best I can figure is some demon has cast a spell and I'm the only one who can sort of see it because my power lets me see things that have happened in different times. And Piper asks if Phoebe thinks this has something to do with Andy being killed and they decide that they need to get to the book right away to figure out who the demon is and like start figuring it out basically. Did you notice that here at the end when they, and I I noticed that they do this a lot, or it's happened a couple of times at least, where they have someone frozen in front of them, like a mortal who doesn't know what's going on, and they just like up and leave, you know? Yes, yeah. (laughs) Like they just walked away without unfreezing Joanne. Like think about when she unfreezes and she has zero recollection of going up what's going on you guys were just there and in a blink of an eye you were gone same thing happened with josh at the wine store oh yeah you're right away from him with him frozen with the wine bottle like i don't know how they do that and like don't aren't concerned about it you know like because if i was joanne i'd be like hello like where the fuck yeah (laughs) where the fuck did you guys just go like completely vanished right before your eyes like in the middle of a conversation they just were 
disappeared. Exactly. Like, without a trace. (laughs) I would be so confused. And they do that a lot in here, but I don't know. I just feel like you shouldn't, like, to make it more realistic, like, unfreeze and be like, sorry, I gotta go, you know? Yeah, it's, like, one of those things I feel like they don't always pay enough attention to in the scene is, like, come on, they need to unfreeze the person before they move on to the next thing. Exactly. Like, you can't just can't just up and leave it didn't work like that but whatever here so when we were watching this episode I wasn't like obviously we've you and I have seen this before and I didn't like remember that it was this quick that Phoebe picked up on all those things you know like the fact that she remembered everything that Joanne had to say just the first time or, or you know the first time they reset time you know what I mean like, actually kind of shocked me. Like, I was like, damn, I didn't realize how much Phoebe remembered right off the bat. Yeah, and I think that says a lot about, you know, we've been talking the last couple episodes about seeing the sisters' powers growing, and I think this shows just how strong, like, Phoebe's power of premonition really has gotten that. In a single day of the repeat, she's already picking up this much, and we'll see, you know, in the next day how much more she already knows. Yeah, exactly. It just gets kind of stronger and stronger each time. And I like that they had some sort of plan as to how they were going to get the sisters to figure out what's happening. Because obviously, you know, if they don't know and or like if none of them can tell and time keeps repeating itself, then it would just kind of be the same thing on and on until they really do end up dying. So the fact that they involved Phoebe's power of premonition and seeing different times and stuff and having a sense for that sort of thing into like them figuring out what's actually happening and being able to stop it or whatever they do I thought that was a really good like plot line you know yeah I agree with you um I think that you know otherwise the episode really wouldn't work like we needed this element and it was a really smart element for the writers to kind of make that connection to Phoebe's power and them slowly remembering the day yeah like it didn't feel out of place at all it was like it it just fit perfectly Mm mm-hmm I agree. Okay, so then we go to the park where Prue and Andy met before. And Prue and Andy are standing there having the same conversation about it being a trap and her having the power of three to back her up. And then again, he's like, plus one, me. And Prue like kind of is like, oh, this is feeling a little familiar, but never mind, and kind of dismisses it. And then she tells him again that he can't be at the meeting. And then he promises again. And this time she says, I don't want anything to happen to you. You know how much I still love you, which is way different than the first time. (laughs) And then um, Andy gets all like sad and kind of intense. And he's like, no, actually, I didn't know. And they hug each other. And it's like just the most adorable thing ever. This broke me because like, there's such a huge difference between like, I still care about you, right? Because I still care about you is like, you know, if you got hit by a bus, I would be sad. I still love you. Babe, be together. I know. Get back together right now. (laughs) I know. Before it's too late, get back together, okay? (laughs) Like, please. Like, you shouldn't have hugged. You should have fucking made out. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. You guys should have just started kissing right then and there. That's what I think, but I don't know. That was, no, that was too cute to me. And I love the way they have it, like, change from the first time to the second time, you know? 
Yeah. And I like, you know, that moment where Andy's like, no, I didn't. Like, he didn't know. And it just. You could tell it was kind of something like you could you could see in his face the way that that hit him. You know, when she said that he was like, no, I didn't know. And I feel like that's, again, something that they both like. Because it's weird, even though they know that they both care about each other and wish they could be together, it's hard in a situation where, as much as you know those things, the fact that you aren't together and you keep hearing that you can't be, it makes you feel like, oh, maybe he doesn't even want to be with me. Maybe she doesn't even want me. Like, how does she really feel? Like, I don't even know for sure because we can't even have a real genuine conversation about it, you know? I just know, like, all those thoughts were probably going through Andy's head. And then the fact that she just straight up told him, like, I do love you, it had to hit so hard for him. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, because we as the audience have known for several episodes that Prue is so clearly still in love with Andy. But, like, the way they act around each other, they try to hide it because of yeah. everything else going on. So, like, when they one of them finally says it, it's just like, wow, okay, so we both do still feel this thing. Yeah. Exactly. It was just an intense, such an intense moment for the both of them and for yeah. us. <laughs> Definitely. So then we're outside the manor again and Andy is in his car. Rodriguez pulls up again. Kit hisses. Andy's kind of watching as Rodriguez walks up to the house. Inside, the girls are by that table again with the book. And Piper is saying if there's anything about time loop. And Phoebe says that she found a spell to accelerate time, but that's about it. She's like, I'm telling you, this is all part of his evil plan. I just haven't had enough time to figure it out yet. That's when the bell rings and they start going to their places. Things are repeating itself. But before Phoebe can open the door, Rodriguez kicks it open and immediately hits her with a lightning ball. Then Piper is like, Phoebe and like runs in he turns to Piper and hits her before she can freeze him so she flies through the door like the window of the door into the next room and that's when Prue's coming down the stairs and as he starts to throw a lightning ball at her she moves it back with her power and again he's vanquished and explodes so Prue runs to Phoebe and she's crying and then she runs to Piper and she, like, picks up Piper's, like, dead body in her arms and is, like, holding her as she cries. And that's how the scene ends. Yeah, so this one, double insane, because now Piper and Phoebe are dead. I also noticed, before we talk about that part, when they were going to answer the door for Rodriguez, they left the book open right there on the table. <laughs> like, what? what are you doing? Like, imagine if Rodriguez wasn't the demon or something, or even if he was, you're just gonna have leave the Book of Shadows right there for him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you guys, like, have Piper take it with her to the living room or something? I don't know, just again, another little thing that I was like, why did you do that, you know? Yeah, like, Prue was literally going upstairs. Why didn't she bring it with her? I know, exactly. Like, it just would have made more sense to me, but whatever. But overall, this scene, I mean, it does seem here like Rodriguez, for the most part, learned from his mistakes. He did get two of the sisters this time. Yeah, 100%. I like the the buildup aspect where you kind of get a little more, like, nervous. Like, okay, the first time he got one, the second time he got two, like, the third time he might be getting all three. Like, the way that they have it played out, even though he did fail again, he still got Piper and Phoebe and just... Just imagine, like, I just couldn't help but thinking, like, 
poor Prue in this moment. Like, obviously, she doesn't know that it's going to reset or, like, doesn't know for sure. To her, her sisters just died in front of her. Yeah. Like, both of them. And this is, like, her plan, too, you know? Yeah, the guilt she must be feeling, right, having set this up, and then it's, like wow, I just thought both my sisters killed, basically, must be how she's Yeah, exactly. It was, I can't even imagine in that moment the amount of pain. Because then, like, I don't know why it always crosses my mind, like, if these things were to happen in real life, but, like, imagine, like, we don't, (laughs) we don't have the privilege of magic where you can kind of fix things like that. Like, if that happened, like, dude, your family would just be dead. Like, that's, (laughs) I can't even imagine being in that position. No, not at all. But, like, one thing to kind of get, like, funny with it, the way she just, like, quickly checks Phoebe and then she's, like, laying there holding Piper, like, so (laughs) devastated. It's like, okay. Yeah, I know. Like, we get it. Piper's your favorite. (laughs) That would be, like, if, like, you and, like, Ash or Caitlin died and I just chose one of you to, like, lay there and hold crying. (laughs) And the other one, I was, like, the dead body's just over there or whatever. I don't care. (laughs) Is what it is. I mean, I guess I kind of, I was thinking the same thing, but I kind of, like, made sense of it in my head, like, okay, well, you know, she was just, she was making sure Phoebe was dead first, and then she didn't know for sure Piper was dead, so she ran over to check that, too, and then she was already there, and at that point, no, I get it, she, like, broke down, like, over both of them, but it's just funny that, like, it happens to be her favorite sister that she stays with. That she's, like, holding, exactly. (laughs) I know, that was exactly what went through my head, too. So, anyways, then we move to the apartment where Tempest is in there waiting with his stopwatch, and he sees, you know, it hits midnight, he resets the day again, and Rodriguez appears yelling again, and he's like, damn it, and then Tempest is like, failed again, I see, and he's like, yeah, but I learned, this time I got two of them, third time is the charm. see what you did there (laughs) and he's very angry very sweaty looks really gross and just super pissed off I will say though he's a very good like actor I think oh yeah no I totally well. and like as much as I hate the character of Rodriguez because he's so awful like I like this actor and I'm glad we got to see him as a multi-episode villain me too yeah 100% I agree and I think like I said, like, the anger and shit that he plays, it's really, I don't think it's that easy to, like, play angry like that, you know? Like, I'm really impressed for people that can do that. Yeah, because I'm really bad at, like, being angry, like, even when I'm, like, mad about something, like, because it's just the way my face naturally is, like, I, like, am, like, basically still smiling, even though I'm, like, clearly pissed off, because people will be like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, yeah. It's just my face. I don't know what to do. Like, this is how I am. Like, no, it's good. Like, as much as I make fun of that little, like, screech face he did in the last episode, like, this, he's a good actor. And I yeah. I do think that he does a lot of good work in this episode and in the previous two. 100%. But anyways, here we go again. This time, he's even angrier than the first time they reset. So let's see how that affects things, because already... We saw that he was making some changes around his day, so I assume it'll be the same way this time. Yeah. So then we're back at the manor. It is Wednesday morning again. The same weather show is playing. 
Phoebe turns it off this time. She's on the phone. She's like, don't tell me. I already know. You spilled marinara sauce on your dress, right? Think, Piper, think. Doesn't all of this seem awfully familiar to you? And Prue walks in and Phoebe tells her to freeze. And Piper's kind of like, what? And Phoebe's like, no, not you, Prue. But she says what is about to happen with Kit and then tells Piper to get home because they have demon hunting to do. She's like, oh, and if you run into someone named Joanne from high school, just tell her to go stick it. I'll explain later. Just hurry. And she hangs up on Piper. Then she turns to Prue and tells her to follow her and they run to the other room. She counts down to the car crash and says exactly what's going to happen. And Prue's kind of like, how do you know this? And she's like, because this has all happened once before, Prue, maybe even more than once. The day keeps repeating itself. I know it. And every time it happens, I think I figure it out just a little bit faster. It must be my power of premonition. Then she tells her that she's supposed to have a premonition and she needs to see the paper. And Prue sees it and again is like, Andy's in trouble. And Phoebe says that if she touches the paper, she'll have a premonition, one she's had before where Andy gets killed by a demon in the manor. She's like, you've got to believe me. And Prue's like, no, I believe you. The question is, what are we going to do about it? And Phoebe tells Prue to warn Andy and says that she needs to go to the book and figure out how to vanquish the time demon. And Prue nods and agrees. Right off the bat, Phoebe has everything all figured out, which is a good sign, I think, because that gives them more time to do research and kind of figure out what the hell they're going to do about this. Yeah, exactly. So whereas changes happening for Rodriguez seem to be a bad thing, um, changes happening for the sisters obviously are a good thing because they're more aware and they're going to be able to adjust and possibly save themselves by knowing more. Exactly. Then we go outside the clock shop again, and this time, because I guess we never really mentioned it, but each time he was passing it, like it made this like cuckoo cuckoo clock yeah i think i mentioned it the very first time oh okay yeah well it it happens you know each time this time he just like shoots the clock with his gun in the middle of the day in front of you know the flower guy and everyone (laughs) just completely unnecessary and tempest is like you really shouldn't have done that you shouldn't do anything differently if you expect to succeed tonight and then rodriguez says i will succeed old man there'll be no more time loops this time i'll kill prue first and then the other two and when they die they're gonna feel every ounce of pain they've given me and then some and tempest just looks away the fucking balls on this guy to just like tempest who is clearly a much more powerful demon than you to just be like i will succeed old man like okay calm down rodriguez You've just been killed twice. I don't know why you think you're such hot shit right now. I know, exactly. Like, he thinks just because he got one more sister and that he's angry, like, it means something. (laughs) Fucking Tempest, like, looked away and he's like, man, I could just kill you right now. Like, (laughs) literally, Tempest is just like, I mean, I'm supposed to be helping you out, but. (laughs) He's like, you don't phase me in the slightest. Like, I can, I'm so much more powerful than you are. Well, that's the thing, because ultimately Tempest exists outside of time, right? So, like, there are probably very few demons, I guess, except whoever the big boss is, who are more powerful than him. So, I couldn't imagine being talked down to by someone who's clearly, like, a lower level of demon. Exactly, just like a regular old demon, you know? Like, as far as we know, there's really nothing too special 
or standout-ish about Rodriguez, aside from the fact that he's, um, you know, a detective, like, got closer, I guess, than anyone. And also, I I don't think we've had it before, which I, I just realized, too. Rodriguez, I think, is the first, and I guess it's not too much of a spoiler, but he won't be the last demon that kind of plays undercover in, like, the work field, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I kind of, like, like you know. taking on a full persona. Because, I, I mean, we had Jeremy, exactly. who was working as a reporter. Oh, true, true. Yeah, I didn't realize that. But I meant, like, you know, in the... Like, legal fields. Legal, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the legal fields. Like, where crime and stuff. Exactly, where there's, like, a lot more power to be held, you know? Mm-hmm. He's our first one that we've that we've had in there. Yeah. Also, anyway. just the fact that no one on that street responds to the fact that someone just shot out the clock store. I know. Like, where's the... Someone definitely would have called 911 and Rodriguez would have just gotten arrested or something. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. definitely would have fucked with his plan if they... <laughs> I don't know. If it had been more accurate, I guess. But obviously, he doesn't care about that. and He doesn't realize that he's screwing himself over. Yeah, exactly. Making all these changes. So then we're at Quake and... Piper is telling Joanne that something happened and she has to go and Joanne is being a bitch. She's kind of like, what? Run out of marinara sauce? Kidding. And, you know, Piper reacts to this. She's like, look, I know I don't have the flashy job or the flashy ring or the flashy designer suit, but that doesn't make me less than you or anybody else. And just because I may not have realized my dreams yet, like you think you have, doesn't mean I won't find a way to do exactly that. And when I do, you can be damn sure I'll be doing it with my own nose and not the one some discount doctor gave me. And Joanne is kind of stunned by this and like touches her nose and Piper leaves. Now I will say most of what Piper said I really liked, um, but the comment on Joanne's nose job was harsh and misogynistic for no reason. And I didn't check, but I'm hoping that a man wrote that line because to have a woman say that is just so rude, so disrespectful. I hate it. Why is that misogynistic? Because like you shouldn't make comments on other women's appearance. That's just rude. Like you could say anything bad about her personality, but to like comment on her, something she did to obviously make herself feel better about her appearance, it's rude. And like, just because Piper has a pretty nose, maybe Joanne didn't and wanted to feel pretty. Like, yeah, I guess I get that. But I, I mean, I don't think it was like a attack against women kind of thing. I didn't take it like that. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't too bad for me. It didn't feel like out of place. Like she I mean, Joanne making like little snide remarks, too, is like, like, well, fuck you. Like, you know. Yeah, but there's a difference between like you money. have spaghetti sauce on your shirt and like you have a fucked up nose job (laughs) i guess you're right i don't know yeah i guess i didn't i didn't really i don't care (laughs) that that one didn't bother me to be honest (laughs) i just felt like go piper like there you go stand up for yourself yeah no i love that she stood up for herself and like everything else she said i totally like loved it because it's so true and that's the thing joanne is so overconfident because she thinks her life is perfect but like just because piper is not at the same place doesn't mean that Piper is any less than her. Like, I love everything else that Piper said. Exactly. I'm really glad that she, like, 
mentioned all that and left that bitch stunned. Yeah. <laughs> Done. She had no words. None. So then we are at the park again, and Rue is telling Andy about the time loop and that if this demon can do that, then he's the most powerful one they've come up against. And Andy's like, and he's going through all this just to kill me? No way, Prue. If he's as powerful as you say, then he's got to be after you. They go through the whole promise conversation again about him not coming to the house. And this time he says, what if that's what he wants, all three of you together, and what if that's the reason he set the time loop? She says, we'll just have to take our chances. And he says, you could get killed, Prue. And she says, I mean it. This is not your fight. Don't make me use your magic on you. This time there was no flirting and no smile. And Prue says, she says, Andy, I would die if anything happened to you. I love you. And he smiles at her and says, I love you too, Prue. And they hug. I literally cried. I'm low-key about to cry right now. Like, just hearing you read those lines, I'm like, oh my god. I know. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The way they had it change each time and, like, become stronger and stronger each, each time around was just so perfect. Like, and then, of course, they wrap it up with this I love you between the both of them. It was just absolute perfection. Yeah, and, like, I mean, spoiler to the end of the episode, but this is obviously the last time the day repeats itself, and the fact that, like, that's kind of the one that they'll remember is, like, so beautiful to me. Yeah, 100%, me too. I'm, like, ugh, I'm I'm just so back on this ship, and I'm not ready to talk about their next scene together, but we'll get to it when we get to it. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I'm not prepared for this. So then we are outside the manor once again. Rodriguez's car pulls up. Andy sees him. Um, This time he makes like his red eyes at Kit. And when she hisses at him and Andy sees this and is like, oh my God, Prue. So he like grabs his gun out of the, um, what is it? The the thing on the passenger side of the car. Just grabs his (laughs) gun, who knows? (laughs) And gets out. And then inside the manor, the sisters are by the book, and Phoebe is reading The Devil's Sorcerer Tempest. He can manipulate time any way he chooses. Piper asks how to vanquish him, and Phoebe says that they have to take him out of the time that he's in. They're all confused by this, but then Rodriguez just kicks the door open, and they all turn to look at him, and he shoots a lightning ball at Prue, and Piper pushes her out of the way, and they both fall onto the floor and then Phoebe moves her head to the side so that the lightning thing hits the wall behind her that's when Andy runs in and shoots at Rodriguez but it does nothing and Rodriguez turns and throws a lightning ball at him he flies back and hits into the clock and falls to the floor and Piper freezes Rodriguez And she asks if Phoebe is okay. She says that she is. They check Prue. She just passed out. The clock is chiming behind them, and they run to Andy, and they see that he's dead. And Phoebe, like, closes his eyes with her fingers, like what she saw in her premonition. And both her and Piper look really upset. So much to unpack here. See, like I said, the whole him changing things is exactly what caused his downfall. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but obviously, you know, they have Rodriguez in their hands. 
you know, if he hadn't flashed the red eyes, Andy wouldn't have come in and seen him and maybe his plan would have went a little smoother, you know, like if he mm-hmm. hadn't caught him by surprise, obviously Andy still gets hit, but you know, Rodriguez has failed again due to his own mistakes. Just having all three sisters in the same place also was going to fuck with his plan because their protectiveness over each other obviously was going to win out. The whole reason he even had a chance was because they were in those separate locations in their plan. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't even, that didn't even cross my mind. That totally screwed him up too. Mm-hmm. So I also realized that in the book, that Tempest, they, he, you know, they call him the devil sorcerer. So I'm wondering, like, is that just like a a name or something? Or is this the higher power they're talking about? Like, is there a devil? Yeah, that we're gonna is be the devil our big bad in season two? That's what exactly. I'm exactly what I'm wondering, too. Yeah, so I guess we'll see if that's the case, but I wonder if that was, like, something they were throwing in there. They're going to start involving, you know, devil and god or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, because I think that could create something interesting with the white lighters and that idea of them as guardian angels if we have kind of, like, you know, the devil and god or, like, angels or whatever. Exactly. And then, of course, Rodriguez totally fucks up. I love this scene, the way Piper, like, pushes Prue down and you know saves her and Phoebe's like just kind of turns her head it was so casual the way she just moved her head and like it just went to the wall like damn y'all didn't y'all couldn't just do that any other time you threw a fireball at you or a fucking lightning ball I mean but oh my god Andy I I'm not even ready to talk about it I feel like I want to wait until two scenes from now to even talk about Andy's death at all so Can we pause on that? 100%. So we're still at the manor, but it's a little bit later. And we see Rodriguez is tied up to a chair. And Phoebe says, the only reason you're still alive is because I haven't figured out how to kill you yet. And he says, go ahead, kill me, witch. I don't care. And Piper asks what she's doing. And she says she's trying to save Andy. And says if they start the day over, he'll live. And she knows Rodriguez's death triggers the time loop she like figures that that's what triggers the time loop and then he says i'm impressed i was told you wouldn't know that and phoebe says really by who tempest yeah we know about him too and we also know that you're not him otherwise you would have restarted the date by now so where do we find him and rodriguez says in your nightmares and phoebe rolls her eyes i kind of did a little eye roll there too same i literally (laughs) just did now that was so stupid And then he dares her to kill him. And Piper pulls Phoebe, like, over to the side. And Piper's like, why is he so willing to let us kill him? And she's like, who cares? He dies, Andy lives, end of story. And she's like, what if that's exactly his plan to reset the day and he can kill us all next time? And then from the next room, Rodriguez is like, it doesn't matter. The day's going to reset itself anyways. And there's not a damn thing you can do to stop it. Piper's like, shut up. Come on, we have to wake up Prue. And they go to her and they start trying to wake her up so just about Phoebe like putting all this effort in to try to save Andy like it's really sweet like how how hard she's trying to fight for his life like she really does care about him you know we continue to see that yeah like I, I also that they didn't have it as just like Prue being the one in this moment having to figure it out like it wasn't even her and Andy's the one that's like most connected to her like they had it be the other sisters which I thought was just so perfect Yeah, 
I also really love like Phoebe's attitude here and kind of her like hyper focus kind of like you're saying on fixing Andy and how that kind of plays into her attitude and the way she act interacts with Rodriguez and I love that we have Piper there to kind of be the more rational side because you know obviously Piper's hurt by this too but Piper's like wait a minute let's think about this we can't just act on our emotions right now and I like that we have both sides of it happening at once yeah exactly and then of course you know having to go wake up Prue and have her help figure out what's going on because I I wouldn't even know what the hell to do in that situation like that's such a hard choice to make you know risk like letting the day reset and maybe saving Andy but then having all of you killed like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah or just leaving Andy to die it's not an easy choice no definitely not All right, so now the scene that I'm going to do my best to get through reading. So we're in what I'm going to assume is heaven. We're at that park, but now it's like all in like fog effect and like we're in the clouds or something. And they're by that same swing that they were by in the last episode. And Andy is calling for Prue. She sits on the bench and she's like, what's going on? Where are we? And he says, I'm not quite sure really. I hoped I'd end up here, but not so soon. One thing I do know is that I'm staying. You're not. And he sits down next to her, and he tells her that he broke his promise and came to the house. They weren't meant to stop Phoebe's premonition. He says that it's okay and, like, kind of strokes her hair and tells her to trust him. He says, this is my destiny. I know that now. Yours is to continue on. Everything happens for a reason, remember? You taught me that. She says that it isn't fair, and he tells her that she needs to go back and keep the time loop from being reset again, or else her and her sisters will be killed and he'll have died in vain. And Prue's like, I don't want to lose you. And he says, don't worry, you won't. And they kiss. He says, I'll always be there for you, Prue. And then he disappears into like this white light and we hear Phoebe's voice calling Prue. Oh my god. Like, I'm almost in tears right now. Literally, I, I'm sure you could hear it in my voice. It was very hard for me to even read this scene, let alone, <laughs> like, talk about it. But, um, this breaks my heart. I mean, all I wanted after what we've seen in the last couple episodes is for them to have that happy ending. I do like that, you know, they have this final kind of beautiful moment together. And again, like I said before that, the memory that Prue will have of their last like in-person interaction, because I'm not sure how much of this she like remembers perfectly, because it becomes clear that she like has an idea in the next scene, but she doesn't completely remember. So I'm glad that, you know, that I love you happened for them, um, because I think that ending it without that would have been even more devastating, like if he had died not knowing how she felt. It was the perfect way for them to kind of say goodbye, at least, you know, like they had that chance to say, I love you to each other one last time and tell each other how they felt, you know, even the scene in heaven, like you said, I'm not sure how much of it she ends up remembering. This little like moment they had up top where he's, you know, explaining to her what, how this is his destiny and this premonition was just one they weren't meant to change is like, it's so hard and you can see how much pain they're both in over this, you know. It almost seems like Prue doesn't really believe it or doesn't really understand, but she's like 
she just trusts him, you know? Like, you can see that she's just willing to put her faith in him and, like, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And, like, oh, I just... It sucks that, you know, we have this kind of goodbye to Andy here and that we have to let go of this character right now. I mean, we could talk a little bit more at the end of the episode about whether or not we think Andy might come back in some way. Yeah. But seeing this as kind of the death of his character, it's really sad because even though, you know, again, we had those struggles in the middle of the season with him, I love Andy and I love his relationship with Prue, his relationships with Piper and Phoebe that we've seen throughout the season. And even Daryl. And and especially him and Daryl, yeah. Like, this is going to be a tough loss on all those people, and we can talk about that when we kind of have the final scene with the four of them at his funeral at the end. Yeah. Oh, and just because for the next scene, I you forgot to mention that in the heaven scene, she's like, I'll kill Rodriguez for this. And he's like, no, you won't. Like, you're not a murderer, Prue. And basically tells her not to kill Rodriguez. So oh, yeah, right? Because, like, her mind does go to revenge, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, like, that confused me a little bit, too, because it's not like that would make her a murderer. Like, she, like, killing Rodriguez, even if it, even if she didn't kill him, that wouldn't, like, be a good thing, because he could, even if he doesn't kill them, he could still go around killing a bunch of innocent people. Like, he's still a demon, you know? Like, it's not like he's a human that she's murdering. Yeah, I think what he's more saying is that, like, he doesn't want her to, like, get so driven by revenge and, like, kill him just out of spite for what he did to Andy. Like, she wants him to vanquish him because it's the right thing to do because he's attacking because he is a villain. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I understand that. But you're right. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to be like, no, don't vanquish the demon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But what you're saying makes sense. I didn't think about that. Now we're, like, in the manor in the moment again, and Prue starts to wake up, and her sisters help her up, and she asks where Andy is, and she looks over and sees his body covered by a blanket in the next room, and Piper tells her he was trying to save them from Rodriguez, and she says, and he'll succeed, and asks the girls where the book is, Phoebe goes to get it, and Prue asks about the spell to accelerate time. Rodriguez is low-key bugging and is like, "What's what are you doing? What's going on? And Piper's like, we don't want to accelerate time, though we want to reverse it. And she was, she, Prue's like, no, we don't. Trust me. And, they, you know, she's explaining that they need to get rid of Tempest and break the time loop by, you know, accelerating time and taking him out of the time he's in. And Phoebe says, but we wouldn't be able to save Andy. And she says, Prue's like, I know. And she does the spell, and then, like, little sound effects happen, and we see the clocks all turn forward until it's, like, 24 hours later. And then we get a quick glimpse at the apartment, and we see Tempest standing by the window, seeing the time change. And he looks at his stopwatch and sees it starts turning super fast, and then he yells, and he's like, no, and turns into flames, and then some sort of, like, red powder, and it goes back into the fireplace. Yep. So they defeated Tempest. Andy is staying dead. And yeah. That's pretty much where we're at right now. What a what a like like Prue making the decision to give up his life in order to stop the demon and save, you know, 
for sisters and everything like what a hard choice to make but like it she's so strong for that is basically what I'm trying to say you know yeah like I don't know that I would be able to make that decision like it just seems like I would have it must have taken so much it just seems like like I don't know if I could like let go of someone I love um, I mean, I know she did the right thing, and obviously, you know, he was very clear that her destiny was this, but I feel like it would be so much harder. Like, I would have needed a few more minutes than she needed, you know? Yeah, I think she kind of rushed herself because she knew this was what she had to do and just kind of put herself in that mindset of, like, get it over with before, you know. Yeah, and I guess, like, if she did again. give herself the time to think about it, she might have changed her mind, right? Yeah, 100. I mean, I probably would have. Not to say that, like, she probably, afterwards, I can imagine, like, even if she knows it's the right decision, there's no way to avoid the guilt that she's going to feel, you know? Yeah. Which is just so sad. So then we go back to the manor, and the clock chimes, and Rodriguez is still sitting there looking at them, and he's so pissed off, and Prue's like, untie him and get him out of here, and Piper's like, he'll kill us. And Prue says he doesn't have the power to kill them or he wouldn't have needed Tempest. Phoebe's like, well, I'm not going to do it. And Prue was like, okay, and then just uses her powers and does it. <laughs> um, so he gets up and she's like, get out of here before I change my mind. He's like, you stupid witch. And he twists the handcuffs around and starts to walk out. And he pauses by the door and turns back with red eyes and throws a lightning ball towards them. And Prue, of course, uses her power to throw it back at him. He dies. Rest in peace for real this time. <laughs> um, they're all watching. And Prue says, we may not be murderers, but we're not angels either. And she goes over to Andy's body and sad music starts playing. And she cries and lays on him. And Piper and Phoebe stand together kind of a little further back. Oh, my God. So sad. I mean, goodbye to Rodriguez. As much as... I do think he's a good actor. I will never forgive him for killing Andy. And that's the end of the story. I think that's yeah. it. Yep. Same here. I think I like Prue's attitude here, though. You know, like, Piper and Phoebe just don't really know what to say. But Prue's, like, seems to be pretty confident about her decision. And just, like, it's just such an intense moment for her. And then she goes over and, like, to see her laying with Andy's dead body and knowing that she can't save him it's just like I was in tears yeah because I think she didn't let herself deal with what it meant until that moment because she wouldn't have been able to do it if she if was she really had. thinking about what she was giving up here but you know like you implied and kind of like the show says like this was for their greater good like it was either Andy was lost or all of them were and is kind of like that sacrificing himself for the greater good which just shows what type of person andy is of course and how strong prue is to be able to give up who we can probably assume is the love of her life for the greater good yeah i think that no matter what happened it wouldn't have affected the outcome like there was no way that this was gonna go down where andy wouldn't have been there you know like it's just who he is no matter what if Prue tells him this demon's coming, like, he's, it's in his nature. He's going to show up and try to save them. That's just who he is. So either way, Andy would have been sacrificing himself. Who, yeah. Who knows if the next time it would have worked, though, and ended up saving the sisters. Like, 
the next time around they could have all died so this might have just been the best way that he could have done that yeah because that's even what he says right because he says i die in vain because what if all four of them get killed and it's like andy died and charmed ones don't even survive just all four of them are gone Exactly. because there's no way that like had rodriguez succeeded and killed the sisters that andy wouldn't have been outside shooting right away yeah exactly and andy would have no matter what happened andy would be dead and like at the end of the day like andy is a hero and so i'm gonna raise the question is he should andy have been a future white lighter is he is he a future white lighter that's what i was wondering too i wonder if they're gonna somehow in season two or in the future bring him back as maybe a white lighter for witches although like i wonder i feel like we would have gotten some sort of hint at that but i mean who knows you know like all i can do is hope yeah i like i don't want to lose tw king he's an amazing actor like bring andy back as a white lighter next season i want to see more of him can him and will there be two white lighter witch romances next season andy and prue and uh leo and piper i don't know one can only hope i'm hoping so these are my two ships i know those are that's definitely a big question i have for season two yes and we could bring all our other season two questions up next episode but of course so after this we are kind of like a a scene where you know it just goes by quickly and there's like music playing andy's funeral going on the funeral procession of cars exiting the cemetery and then we see the sisters and daryl standing together a few feet away from prue who is by andy's coffin putting a rose on top and she cries beautiful makeup i was thinking the same thing her makeup looks great and she's like wiping tears away from her face and it was just so sad you know yeah everybody just standing back looking so just upset about all this you know yeah that's the thing like this scene is so sad and even the next scene like prue looks gorgeous in both of these final two scenes i know not that like shannon doherty doesn't normally look gorgeous she does but like something extra was going on there (laughs) i know we don't tend to see her with like her makeup done like that it was kind of like really cute yeah i loved it but yeah no very sad um we see of course some type of bond going on between the sisters and daryl here i wonder what that means for upcoming episodes and i guess that means daryl's probably staying in the show spoiler he is (laughs) yeah i kind of get the feeling from that scene that it's maybe is foreshadowing like him becoming more of a main character because before I mean, obviously, we know that he stays in the show, but before he was, like, sort of important, like, we did see him in a lot of episodes, but that was mostly just because of Andy, you know? Yeah. Like, they were partners, you can't have one without the other most of the time. So now that Andy's gone, you know, I do wonder how they plan on incorporating Daryl into the sisters' lives more. Yeah, me too. So then we're inside the manor, and Phoebe's standing in the kitchen. And the weather show is on, but now it's Monday. And she turns it off, and she's kind of like, the weather lady needs a new shtick. Um, Piper says maybe we should call Joanne Hertz, boost her ratings. And Phoebe asks, you know, if she ever called Joanne to reschedule her segment. Piper says she's not going to, and she's decided to quit her job. She goes, I actually owe it all to Joanne. She made me realize that somehow I'd forgotten what my dreams were, still are. 
I always wanted to be a chef and have my own restaurant, not manage one. It's a good job and the pay is okay, but it's not my dream job. And Phoebe says that she thinks that's great and that if Piper needs help looking through the classified, she can help her because she's an expert at that. <laughs> I love that. Just a cute little moment between them. And good for Piper, honestly. I can't wait to see, again, like they, they end the season with such good little plots, you know, like Piper is no longer working at Quake and she's going to start to figure out what her passion is and I can't wait to see it happen. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. And I think it's like another one of those things where it's just like that age again where, you know, you could fall into something that isn't your passion and kind of having the guts to take a chance and try something new, even if it like means having to start over. I think that's something that we could do at any age, but especially when you're still so young to really figure out what you want to do with your life. And I'm really like happy for Piper that that's what she's decided to do there. Me too. And it's not an easy decision to make, like the amount of people that get stuck in a position because they feel like, oh, well, I need the money. Like I shouldn't leave right now, this and that, like all these things holding them back and filling their minds. So they never end up just taking that risk. Like it's nice to see that Piper did, you know, and people should do that more often because maybe you'd end up being happier and figuring out what you actually want to do. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what she picks and like kind of what happens next, how she goes about getting into this goal of opening her own restaurant. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some ups and down within, but that's, I mean, that's what you expect when you start something fresh like that. Exactly. Yeah. And then we move on to the last scene of the episode and we're outside the manor. We see Prue sitting on the stairs. She's in this really cute dress. She looks beautiful. And she's just kind of looking off and Piper and Phoebe come outside and they ask if she's all right. And she says, oh, my God. And I'm sorry, but like, what the hell are you wearing, Piper? <laughs> <laughs> like, tell me, you noticed she's wearing like a pajama button up shirt with like a long silk skirt that's gray like that. Does, it just like <laughs> I was like, OK, like, I don't know what the hell you're trying to do there. <laughs> like fashion statement, but all right. Um, no offense to Piper, but not my favorite outfit of hers. Anyways, <laughs> so they come out and ask if Prue is all right. And she says that, you know, she is actually and says that Andy was exonerated and they're now looking for Rodriguez. And Piper says, good luck. And Prue says, I was just thinking about all that we've been through since we became witches. And Phoebe's like, give you a headache? And she was like, no, it gave me a good feeling, actually. She's like, I mean, it's a hassle, and sometimes it can screw up our personal lives. But we do good things together. It helps offset some of the bad things. And Piper and Phoebe start saying how they're going to miss Andy and that it's going to be really sad without him. And Prue says, something tells me that he'll always be with us. And then Prue's like, all right, well, we better get ready for work, Piper. And Piper's like, Piper and Phoebe like look at each other like, uh... And she's like, I'll tell her later. And they walk back inside and Prue's like, tell me what? And they don't say anything. They're all like giggling. Prue goes inside kind of on a positive note. Like you can see her energy is very like, you know, this is sad, but like she's looking at the good side. And she looks up and down at the door and kind of gives a little smile and then closes the door with her power. Mm -hmm. 
So we're reminded again of the end of a pilot where Prue had done the same thing and closed the door with her power to end the episode. Yeah, I love that they wrapped it up with like the same thing they had in the beginning, you know? Yeah, it's a very cute callback to that first episode. And, you know, I love this finale because like a lot of shows in their first season, you obviously don't know if you're going to get a season two. So they obviously set up some things that could carry into a next season. But at the same time, I like that they wrapped it up in a way where like if the show had not gotten a second season, this would have been a cute ending for it. Yeah, it felt it felt full, you know, like you're kind of. I mean, obviously not satisfied because of the way that it ended with Andy's death and everything, but you feel kind of, like, satisfied it ends on a positive note. Yeah, exactly. So, there we go. We went through all of season one. I am just so excited for season two to start. I feel like now that we're past kind of the intro phase, like, I feel like all of season one was still them figuring things out more. Obviously, there's going to be more of that in season two, we can imagine, but, like, to see the way things develop and new plot lines open up and storylines and maybe we get to dig a little deeper into what's behind their magic and the good and the evil side, like, there's just so much that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too, and I mean, I'll mention even more of it in um, next week's little season one wrap-up that we're going to do, but, you know, overall... Just to close off this finale, I think it's a really strong finale. I loved this episode. And, I mean, it's sad, but it's it's beautiful. And I commend the writers. I commend the actors, the whole team responsible for making it. Honestly, like, I don't have too many bad things to say about this one, which you guys who have been listening to every episode know is rare for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, usually we have some something to say about these things. But this episode, I agree, it ended really strong it was a good finale and I think they wrapped everything up gave us a pretty good first season I, I must say mm-hmm. yeah I'm very happy with it me too thanks for listening to this week's episode if you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod you can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com And join us back next time for our season one wrap-up episode.